With the pandemic that came upon us, the rise of video conferencing tools like Microsoft Teams and Zoom has led to more aspects of the sales conversation to occur virtually. And what began as a crisis reaction has evolved into the new normal. But how normal is the new normal? We're talking about how the strong shift from in-person to virtual selling has transformed B2B sales experience. Virtual sales enablement, new organizations, KPIs, everything is evolving. In the Virtual Selling Podcast, we address these issues in depth twice a week with the experts and leaders of these transformations, heads of sales, sales ops, and sales enablement of the most innovative companies in the field. This podcast is sponsored by SalesDeck.io, the new SaaS platform to make your customer meetings more engaging and better prepared. Find out how you can shorten sales cycles, convert more leads, and increase customer engagement. Virtual selling is here to stay, and so is SalesDeck.io. Hi, everybody. I'm very happy to be with Mike Knowles, who is Revenue Operation Manager at Hired. How are you doing, Mike? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, doing well, man. Thanks for having me. I haven't done many podcasts, but I'm, I'm happy to, to start doing them more often. And I, I appreciate the opportunity. That's great. And I'm very happy to be with you. Can you tell me, uh, t- can you tell us, uh, something about Hired and what you do there? Yeah, absolutely. Hired, uh, is a marketplace for employers, mainly tech companies like the Googles, the Amazons of the world to find and hire highly qualified and high intent, uh, tech talent, mainly software engineering and sales like account executives. Okay. Great. And, uh, which are the customers that you have? It's, uh, those type of customers. We've got a bunch. We've got, um, we work across the SMB space, startups. Uh, but we also work with mid-market companies and enterprise. We're actually trying to move up market a little bit more in our strategy and start working with the enterprise, uh, customers cause they hire a ton of engineers. Yeah, sure. And what is your role within hired in, uh, as a revenue operation manager? Yeah. My role at hired is I'm essentially overseeing the full funnel operationally. I'm working, uh, all the way from lead to how the leads created in the first place, all the way down to uh, renewal and upsell business. So I'm working with marketing operations, sales ops, uh, customer success ops, BDR ops. I'm working across pretty much everybody and every function at the, the company kind of being the glue and just making sure we're, we're closing revenue as much as possible. That's all. And the topics that you want to address is really topic about sales process, sales methodology, and sales stages. Uh, is it for you a way to, to glue everything together? Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. You can't, you can't have accurate or actionable data without having the process in place. A lot of the time companies, they just want reporting. They want to understand, you know. What's our pipeline? What's our coverage? What's in the forecast? You can't answer those questions without having the process in place first. So please explain us which type of process you put in place, uh, or do you make sure that it is uh, applied by the team and how do you use it? Yeah, absolutely. So there are a few, um, main areas where you can apply a sales process to how you uh, manage opportunities, how you forecast, et cetera. I think the main one where you want to start out with is your sales stages, uh, in your CRM, whether you're using Salesforce or HubSpot, really defining 
your sales stages and your sales stages, they have to be, um, buyer centric. They have to paint the picture of where the buyer is at in the buying process. So it's, it's external. It's not internal. Typical sales stages, they'll, they'll include stuff like discovery, uh, demo, proposal, negotiation, verbal agreement, things like that. And what you want to do is you want to define your exit criteria for each stage. What does the customer have to do in order to move from this stage to the next? That can be one thing that can be two or three, completely up to you. As long as it's documented, uh, same with suggested activities. What kind of things do you have to do or should you be doing in these stages? Uh, running a demo call, setting up a trial, uh, security review, things like that. Just getting it all down in a document that's verified by sales leadership and pushed out to the field and you have enablement, you're making sure that's part of your one-on-ones, your pipeline forecast reviews, kind of everything. It's just, it's table stakes. And to, to, to give us an example, what are your sales stage within IRG? How do you see that the buyer is moving from one stage to, to another one? Yeah. Since we have a very, uh, fast sales cycle, it's around 30 days or so. We have a little bit of more of a transactional sales stages. So it starts with identified. So we've identified a lead. Uh, we call that a sales accepted, uh, lead, a sal, and then it goes to qualified, which is our SQL sales qualified lead. So this is still very internal. It is. And then it kind of, it shifts to more external and buyer oriented. So it goes from qualified to demo. The demo is what the customer wants. That's what we're doing with the customer. And then it goes to trial. A lot of the time customers, they sign up for a trial, whether it's sales, sales led, or it's a self-serve doing it on their own. Goes to the proposal pricing discussion after the customer looks at the product, understands their pain points, what kind of impact it could have, uh, they want pricing. And then it goes to kind of negotiation, uh, which is like your verbal agreement. They want to commit to it. You've still got to iron out, um, the MSA terms and conditions, final pricing, stuff like that, legal. So it, it goes from a little bit, uh, seller centric to more, more buyer centric after okay. qualified that, uh, that customer, the prospect. And, and, and you build your forecasting directly, uh, related to the. Uh, a sales stage or, or there is still some difference between the sales stage and the, uh, forecasting and the expectation of winning. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, in my opinion, forecast categories and the forecast that all needs to be separate from sales stages. So sales stages are where the buyer is at in the buying process that's external. Forecast categories in the forecast, that's all internal. That's where we're at in the selling process. That's how we feel about the deal, how likely it's going to close. So really you want to separate the two. A lot of the time I see companies that they, they merge the two. 
they treat them the same, but you don't want that. You want to separate them as much as possible if you can. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's very, and, and I had a discussion with Mike Steele, who, who is very heavy thinker on the subjects, and he, he really insisted in the fact that it's two different things. Even if the same stage are biocentrics, uh, it, you don't have everything in the same stage because you are, you may be in a trial, but uh, in this trial, he may not have tried anything <laughs> and, and the forecast is not the same if he played a lot during the trial and, and not with the tool. Uh, so, so that's a, a simple example, but all the time you have this difference. Absolutely. And sometimes the customer, maybe they've used the tool in the past, uh, yeah. at a previous company. And let's say it's in a, I don't know, demo stage, but we're pretty confident we can put that in a most likely or probable forecast because we never yeah. used it before. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, so let's dig in, um, the sales process that are related to the sales stage that you have put in place. Um, or do they work together? Yeah. Sales process how you define your sales stages. I think that's the first building block of your sales process. And then to go from there, I think it's critical to have some kind of sales methodology to really spearhead that. So whether you're using a MedPIC or medic, each acronym needs to be its own field in your CRM, but that's not enough. It can't just live in your CRM. It has to be a part of your everyday language as part of your forecast reviews, your one-on-ones, everybody from the CRO down to the rep needs to adopt that language and needs to be speaking that language. Um, every single time they're talking about a deal or else it just gets lost. You don't understand where the risks are in the, in the deal. The sales process kind of just collapses from there. If you're not all speaking the same language consistently. And what is this language? Uh, is it related to the initial of the metric or? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For example, let's say you want to start using metric. Um, each, um, initial would have its own field in your CRM and you would coach to that and you would drive that. For example, M stands for metrics. What's the business impact? What's the quantifiable business impact this platform or solution is going to have on the customer? Um, e is for economic buyer. Have we identified the very high level key decision maker with the budget to really pull the trigger on this? To give you another example, um, I implicate pain. Have we identified that pain? Why is the customer talking to us in the first place? What are they trying to solve? What's slowing them down in their, in their job right now? You want to kind of identify each one. You want to define each one. There's a lot of good material out there online. It's, you know, MedPick and Medic, they're very standard. Uh, yeah. A lot of sales teams use it for, for a reason. It's, it, it's very comprehensive. Yeah. And, and so for you, the idea is to say, okay. You can use Medic, you can use Medit, you can use Spice, Gap Selling, whatsoever. Yeah. But what is important is to have a common language 
and to be sure that all the stage of the cell methodology are, are applied by the team and that the sales rep add the answer to every initial, in fact, what I A hundred percent. It doesn't matter what you use. It could be medic, medpick, whatever you want. Go ahead. You want to create your own. It doesn't matter as long as it's standard. It's defined by leadership and it's used every day by your reps. Yeah. And you, uh, ideally, you want to try to tie some of these uh, initials uh, to, to a certain stage. For example, if you are in discovery, you want to try to understand, implicate pain. You want to understand the pain point. You want to, you want to understand the impact metrics, for example, you want to try to tie that to a stage as much as, much as possible, if you can. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the same thing when it's a buyer as, uh, evaluate the impact with you. Uh, and it's, it's still buyer centric because if uh, you have done the job with the buyer and asking the right question for him to evaluate the impact of the, your solution on his business and how much he could win with you, uh, it's really a stage of the process exactly. that if, if the impact is, uh, important than that, uh, enough to make you move, you know, that the, the next step will be more about, uh, uh, all the resistance he could have to, to change, but he want to change now. So I agree with you. It's all related. Uh, you need to have your sales stages defined first, and then how do you enforce that? The sales methodology, everybody needs to use it. The, the CRO, the reps, everybody does, or else, um, you get lost. Yeah. I, ju, ju, we, we are getting to the end of the. Uh, of an interview and you, you just tested sales deck with me. Uh, do you see our sales deck, uh, could help a sales team really implement a sales methodology? A hundred percent. I mean, if you think about it, you have a certain number of activities, you have certain meeting types in each state. You have, you know, a demo, you have a discovery scoping meeting, you have all these meetings. When you onboard reps, they're going to, they're going to get it right. They'll learn it in the first couple of weeks, but as they do their jobs, it's impossible to replicate that consistently. It's impossible to make sure every rep, if you have 30, 40 reps on your team, there's no chance they're going to be selling consistently with sales deck. I feel, I mean, everything is just standardized. Everything's there. It makes the reps life a lot easier. Yeah, and you can have a different deck for the discovery, for the demos, and you, you can replicate a exactly. good way to do that. You can create material or content for each meeting in a sales stage. You can create something for a demo, proposal, whatever you want, tie it to the stage and force the process. Yeah. And just to go uh, again on your stage, uh, you said that it was a very a short cycle, about 30 days. Yeah. And even that you have about three, four stages, uh, after the sales qualification. Right. Um, so how do you ensure that the cycles still stay low with so many stages? Yeah, that's a great question. It's just making sure your exit criteria is defined and you're talking about it in your one-on-ones with, with the reps and the frontline managers. Um, they're very buyer centric. They're very easy. 
to understand kind of what should be in, in a trial, what should be in a demo, what should be in negotiation is just understanding. And it's also understanding, are there any gaps with that? We know our average sales cycle is 30 days. Mm -hmm. If we have an opportunity with a sales cycle or an age of 80 days, what's going on there? And which stage was that opportunity stuck in? It just, it forces you to kind of reevaluate and evaluate your pipeline and your hygiene. Okay. And, and how do you make it move faster or do the rep could, 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 uh, see with the customer to, to, to move it faster? Absolutely. I mean, you can, that, that's the goal with the accelerating sales cycle. It's such a complex thing. If you want to go about it, you have to break it down into the sales stages. Okay. That's, that's why it's so important to define them in the first place. If you can define your sales stages, like how do we move from demo to trial faster? Let's say it takes 10 days. How can we get that down to seven days? Having that consistent process will give you the data in the first place to give you insight on how long it takes. And then you can create projects around that and enablement to get them moving through the stages faster. Great. Thanks a lot. We are arriving at the end of the podcast. Do you want to share with us the way to contact you? Uh, and for, with people, yeah. they want to, to, to follow the discussion with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn at Mike Knowles, uh, hired. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Feel free to DM me, uh, send me a connection request, but also if you're looking to hire software engineers, uh, go to hire.com. Trust me, we have the best marketplace for high intent and highly qualified software engineers. Your speed to hire is going to just decrease dramatically if you use us. So check us out. If you're hiring talent, that's all. Great. Thanks a lot, Mike. This episode yeah. of the Virtual Selling Podcast is over. Thanks for sticking around. Join us twice a week for a new episode with new stories and challenge of giants in the field. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are always listening for your feedback. Share the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episode. This episode was brought to you by SalesDeck.io, the virtual selling platform that increases your sales team efficiency and sales readiness enables remote management and help sales operational excellence. Book your SalesDeck.io demo today to discover how you can close more deals with engaging and better customer meetings. Thanks a lot, Max. Thank you. It was a pleasure.